Armory. 99. No agenda countdown. Adam Curry. John C. Dvorak. Countless stories. Covering the entire scope of real news and factual journalism. From aviation to avian flu. From tax dollars to taxonomy. Broadcasting from every glistening corner of the earth to bring you your bi-weekly Gitmo Nation publication. Working tirelessly to entertain and educate the righteous crowd. Lend them your ears because Sunday, May 31st, 2009, the Crackpot and Buzzkill present to you the 100th episode of No Agenda. Streams, drops, and forms all created and providing the citizens of Gitmo Nation the true identity of they and why the New York Times harbors ill will against pronouns. Wine and food, real news, shadow puppet theater, and of course, fractals for 99 episodes strong. Knights, producers, listeners, and your donations make it all happen. Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak invite you to tune in to a hallmark event of Gitmo Nation. No Agenda number 100 on Sunday, May 31st, 2009. Ecstatic to bring you this very special announcement. From an abandoned missile silo in Gitmo Nation South near Dallas, Texas, I'm Parker R. Snyder, and now, on with the countdown. We'll see you Sunday, May 31st. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Oh, yeah. It's time for episode number 100 of your Gitmo Nation publication. It is the 31st. This is no agenda. This is no agenda. Coming to you from a beautiful, I mean stunningly beautiful Amsterdam, the Netherlands, right on the canals with the sun streaming in. It's still Gitmo, though. I'm Adam Curry. And from an overcast northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <sighs> that was like it is the, that, yeah, it is the morning where you are. It's the morning. That was like it's a, always the morning a, on a the re, show. A real long foreplay and then almost premature ejaculation. Well, at least you got the thing running an hour late. Where <laughs> if we really I would suck so bad. Hey, everybody, how you doing? It's No Agenda episode number one hundred. Uh, good to be with you. I'm very excited. Not quite uh, sure can I why. Interject. Yes. yes, please. We have a bunch of people that have written in saying there was no episode 22, and this is not really episode 100. Yeah, and you know what? Amy Winehouse is really important. Just saying. Yeah. Did we not do an episode 22? What happened? I don't know, but it doesn't make any difference because since we had the one uh, expurgated episode, this would still be episode 100 no matter what. But it's still this will be a controversial episode 100. Oh, re- oh because of the uh, of the count. It's because of the like- count and because of the, the show that we, we, we put in the can and never released. Oh, yeah, you're it, right. So. No, we didn't put it in the can. Oh, I did, in the trash can. And then I emptied the trash. It, 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 it's gone. The bits are gone. There's no yeah, record whatever. of it anywhere, except for the second half. You have the second half of episode, uh, the the lost episode, right? Right, lost episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll call it 100. Seems like a good idea. We had the introduction. Yep, that was good. Yeah. And we've, we've got a new jingle, by the way, which was sent to us uh, by our good buddy, uh, the Jeff Smith. Um, you want to hear it? 
Sure, go for it's it. A, it's, it's really for later on in the show, but that'll give me a chance to play it twice. So listen to this. Time has come once again to help support No Agenda, my friends. <laughs> help Adam and John keep the show going on. So drop a coin in the bucket today. Hey, <laughs> at Dvorak.org slash N-A. You could even be knighted what you say. Ah, uh, Jeff Smith, man, you slay me. I love that. Fantastic. So, uh, of course, we'll play that later when we beg for money. So, John, how you doing? Okay. Yeah, I'm really happy with the setup. Uh, I'm uh, I'm in a, a new undisclosed location, and the yeah, band- it sounds good. You're yeah, not breaking up a lot. Uh, the bandwidth is spectacular. Well, anything's better than what you had. Yeah. <laughs> Although you were supposed to get the uh, Virgin stuff, which seemed to never pan out. The Virgin stuff. Yeah, you said Virgin Broadband or something. Well, you know... All jacked I'm, up I'm, about it. I was reading about it today. They said they were going to get 200 megabits yeah. per second to some parts of England. Yeah. Have well, they ever actually hooked anybody up? Um, yeah, the 50 megabits per second, I think people hook up to that. That's what I never got. But uh, I'm kind of happy I didn't get it because you know now I'd be paying for half of it and not using it. So So I guess in real news, Susan Boyle lost. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't follow it. Gee, who who won? Who who wound up winning the uh, Britain's Got Talent? John, hello. I think you lost me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we invited Murphy in and he hit us on the head. Yeah, I lost you. Who won? Uh, who won? I don't know. Oh. I don't cool. watch the British version. All I know is that oh. she lost, and that was a big deal. And everyone's, oh, that's so sad. Although I'm convinced the whole thing was rigged. Last night they had um, the uh, not last night Friday night they had the uh, the Dutch finals of uh, Holland's Got Talent, and everyone was very disappointed with the winner, which is kind of funny uh, that uh, Britain's Got Talent would also be uh, not the uh, not the, the the clear favorite. So maybe that's part of the format now. It also, it, I do know that um, that some of these people who uh, do very well in the preliminaries, you know, they get picked up early with record contracts, and some of them are actually very happy they don't win. It's like, oh, please, can I be number two? Can I be number two? So they don't have to, you know, buy into the Simon Cowell contract. <laughs> they can actually have a real, right. a real deal and not and not one of those uh, strangulation deals. Right, where you have to, and you have to go on the road, and you have to take part in the. Oh, you have to do that regardless, no matter what kind of contract you have. Oh, okay. No matter what kind of contract you have, I mean, you know, these days, and uh, one of the, what do they call it now? The three hundred and sixty deals. Are you familiar with this? No. Mm. Yeah, we had a meeting in New York. Uh, by the way, I'm smoking tobacco. Uh, nothing uh, spiking it up. Still one hundred percent clean and enjoying it. I'm not funny anymore, but I, I feel much better. That's interesting because you never were funny. Ah. <sighs> um. A 360 deal is the new thing. I think Madonna was one of the first uh, to have a 360 deal, but we had a meeting in New York with the Warner Music Group, and uh, they were explaining it to us. And the way it works is, you, you know, usually the, rec- the it used to be the record company would have a piece of the publishing, um, you know, obviously the uh, the record sales, the digital sales, but now the 360 deal, which means you know, 360 degrees, they get a piece of concerts, merchandising, uh, firstborn, all of that stuff. Uh, and it's still, believe it or not, it's still not enough to justify the amount of money that goes into promoting an artist and making him, you know, uh, a, a, a hit artist. So they're desperately looking for other avenues to make money. 
Don't they keep tapping the person? I mean, my understanding is, you know, if they're going to put the promotion money behind somebody, the, the artist ends up having to pay that back anyway. Right? Um, mm, well, so the artist gets an advance, typically. So uh, the artist will have to, you know, sign like a seven-record deal, which, of course, rarely is that ever completed, uh, which means you're on the hook for seven records, so you're you're a slave for the rest of your life. <clears throat> so you get maybe uh, depending on how hot you are, depending on what, you know how good your lawyer is, etc. It's kind of like a VC deal. Uh, you know, there's a standard term sheet, and if you sign that, you're well and truly effed. Uh, so they give you a hundred hundred thousand dollar advance, and um, then you get statements, and they'll say, okay, you sold this many records, congratulations. So we'll deduct that from the hundred grand. Oh, and by the way, the limo, the hotel, the food, the hookers, the blow, we're deducting that too. So all that stuff that you think is cool, that you're being, oh man, this record company really takes care of it, you're actually paying for that as the artist. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, you get, I think it's 4% over PPD, which is, I forget what it stands for, but it actually equates to about 1% of the retail sales is what the artist will get with a standard record contract. Not very exciting. No. Well, book deals are like that, too. Uh, they have the same thing. You get these statements. It's like, what does this mean? <laughs> and they, and they, you know, you look at it, it's like, wow. You know, cool. well, who wrote the software that produced these <laughs> documents? Bernard Madoff, I think. And so, uh, and then, of course, the, the standard deal with book publishers is they try to, I mean, they, there's a thing that, that's out there called the dummy contract, which, you know, no, nobody, whether a book publisher or a podcaster or a musician, anybody, you know, they always throw the first contract that they throw at you is, is internally called the dummy contract because only a dummy signs it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, but a lot of people sign it because they're so anxious to get published or they're so anxious to, you know, do a deal. So they'll sign these, these stupid contract and they'll have cross-collateralization in there and everything. So in other words, if you have a, a book that, uh, say, you do a couple of books and one of them doesn't do very well and you, they make you do a third book and they suck all the royalties from the third book to pay the the advance on the second book when in fact you should not let that happen right um but anyway this it's a i'm always amused there was an actually an agent in uh during the heyday of computer books there's actually an agent who will remain nameless but everybody knows who he is uh who would uh essentially uh, uh, line uh who is it <laughs> o'reilly no oh. o'reilly's not an agent he's a publisher oh agent uh swifty lazar no, this is some guy you've never heard of him. Well, you said anyway, everybody. You said everybody would know who he is. Well, I, I'm wrong. Why can't you tell us? I just don't feel like it. Okay. Because I can't. Because what I'm going to assert may not be absolutely a fact. Okay. Do you hear the uh, the boats going by in the canal? By the way. No. Listen. You don't hear it. No. Oh, okay. They are. You have a good mic. It shouldn't be picking up all that uh, sound. So. Um, is yeah, it but, showing up on your VU meter? That yeah, it is. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm in a new studio, which I'm uh, in the process of building. It's my uh, temporary home. I have a new home. Did you know that? Yeah. I have. I think uh, you it's, it has three rooms. They all look the same. Each has four wheels and a handle. There's a gag in there somewhere. I'm trying yeah. to try yeah, to it's, decide. It's my suitcases, dude. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I'm living in my suitcases. I get it. Yeah. So anyway, so the deal was this guy essentially uh, sold a lot of computer books, but he did it by getting these authors to sign the dummy contract. 
So uh, there was like an advantage to him because all the publishers just love this guy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank, thanks for setting that up, dude. So anyway. Excellent. Uh, dummy contracts. Be careful. Be very careful. That's okay. it. Show's over. No, no, I got lots to say. First of all, I want to thank um, all of our producers slash listeners who were <clears throat> uh, based upon the the news that uh, that I talked about in uh, in, in the No Agenda ninety nine have sent me beautiful emails with advice. Um, I said, you know, hey, you know, uh, I'm I'm in separation, and I've you know, there's a, a third innocent party. Our daughter is involved, and. Uh, it's it, everybody had said pretty much the same thing, which is good because I believe in repetition. But um, it, the the reactions have been really, really quite sweet, and I appreciate it. And if I haven't responded to you personally, I will get to it. It's just been so much; it's been uh, a bit overwhelming. So that out of the way, um, I've started a, a legal proceeding here in the Netherlands, which is uh, always fun. Would you like to hear about that? Uh, what's it involve? Uh, Creative Commons copyright. You got, uh, well, did you have to sue somebody again? Well, I, I had to threaten. So I, uh, I flew back from New York. I actually flew straight to Amsterdam. And um, a couple of people had uh, had collected all of the uh, various publications regarding uh, my, my personal uh, stuff. And so I'm, uh, what I usually do, it's a perfect laxative, by the way, gossip rag. So, you know, I come in, you know, it's like, okay. Oh, I take off my coat. Well, I think I'll just go sit down and have a nice little, nice little business on the in the bathroom here. And so I open up this first magazine, and I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" And there's a picture that I took while flying of me in the plane by myself with, uh, well, it, it, it was a tobacco. You know, I I, I smoke tobacco. Roll, I've seen this up. picture. It's on uh, Twitter. It's yeah. on uh, Flickr. Flickr, exactly. So it, it it looks like a joint, but it's not. Yeah, obviously. because you roll your own tobacco yeah. yes. cigarettes. You're like an old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what. That's why this show works so well between the two of us. So. Um, yeah, and uh, it's not it's not even lit actually, but you know it's it's a picture, and and I said, wait a minute, it looks like you're flying and smoking dope. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm flying and smoking tobacco, which is perfectly okay because my aircraft has ashtrays. That's what they're for. And uh, but this is from my Flickr account, and I and I said, I gotta check, so I I, I I go and check. Yeah, it says non commercial attribution. So this is exactly the same thing. In 2006, I took uh, a different gossip rag. Uh, to court because they published a whole bunch of pictures off of Flickr and they had some bonehead excuse like, well, it said download here and we didn't look, it wasn't clear, but it's very clear. And by the way, any professional print organization should understand that something has to be checked. You can't just rip shit off of the web. And uh, um, although I did not win any cash settlement uh, as requested in that original lawsuit, um, the uh, the court, the Dutch court, did say, "Well, the copyright holds up. If it happens again, here's the set fine, which I believe was fifteen hundred euros per." Um, yeah, can, uh, can per you violation. sound that that horn for repeating a story? That you sound every time I mention something twice. There we go. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, good. Uh, uh. Um, so it was a. Uh, actually, that has changed a little bit. I found out because I called my lawyer. I said, "Yo, gee, uh, time to get back to work." Because obviously, you cannot just let it slide. You know, if you don't protect your copyright every single time, then you can actually run into some problems. Yep. 
So um, he said, you know, it's interesting because now uh, the way the law is written, you can actually um, charge up to 5,000 euros and you can uh, sue for any legal costs, so, which uh, to date are estimated, you know, one phone call, of course, that's 1,500 euros. You know how lawyers work. I hate my lawyer, by the way, with a passion because they're just horrible people. And uh, he said, uh, he said, okay, you know, what do you, what do you want me to do? I said, well, let's add a twist to it. Send them a letter and... Say to them, okay, you're in violation, but I'm not going to take you to court if you will send 5,000 euros to, to uh, the War Child Foundation <laughs> and 1,500 or whatever it is, whatever the legal costs are to you, to the lawyer. So, um, so that's what he sends off. And then this thing, like, of course, I'm already in the press. This thing hits the press. It's on all the, the gossip news shows. And the editor of the magazine is like, no, man, that's not true. This was newsworthy because everyone knows he's a stoner. So we can put, we can, you know, so that's like fair use. We can put that picture on because he was smoking dope in his plane. And these guys are just so. Well, he turned Canadian halfway through this. <laughs> yes, stuff. it's a Dutch Canadian editor. It's nuts. <laughs> so, anyway, um, what he said, and this was last Friday, is that, oh, we'll see you in court. I'm like, okay, we'll go. And uh, so I emailed uh, Lawrence Lessig, who, of course, uh, I worked with uh, six years ago, th- uh, three years ago in 2006 on the previous case. And, uh, and so he's like, uh, yeah, he he doesn't really need to do anything, but he's going to provide support. He just sent me a nice note. He said, "Adam, are we going to just have a beer together and it not be about some shit that you're causing over there?" So, um, protecting copyrights for everybody once again. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Well, we'll see. These what guys, happens. is that the best they can do? Go to your Flickr account and steal photos, and then claim that they're like, you know. With no context and they don't know anything, it could have been you could have been on a sound stage for all they know. Exactly. Oh, and but they actually are now going on television saying, "Well, clearly the guy's flying stone. His license should be taken away." I'm like, Jesus, how dumb can you be? I mean, is that is that all you have to say? But they're calling it, but they're calling it fair use. And like, dude, this is how can you even even if it was true? Actually, it's not yeah, isn't fair there a use. slander suit there? Yeah, but that's the shit I don't want to get into. That Oh, I think there's a big dough uh, there. Come on. There's no money in it, John. There's no money. There's no money in Holland for slander. Please give me a break. In in so, Britain, maybe in Britain, but not uh, That's interesting. Could I take a Dutch tabloid to court in a in a, in a UK court for slander? I don't know. Maybe. Or libel. Well, yeah, libel. Case, well, maybe. I have I have no time for that. But I all oh, I want Come on, there's millions involved. The show could use the money. <laughs> Speaking of money, you know, here we are, you know, Nickel and Diamond are our our listeners and producers for money for the No Agenda Library. The Bush Library, in 100 days, and of course our entire model is based on the Bush Library because it's such a wonderful project, raised $100 million. What is this thing? Is this going to be made of gold? Like, like, (laughs) the Clinton Library is worse, and they keep most of those numbers under wraps. Because it seems to be a lot of money from Saudi Arabia. You know, if we would just be more amenable to Saudi Arabia, we'd probably be on easy street. Well, actually, the, the article is from Time says Bill Clinton's library planners had hoped to receive pledges of $100 million within a year uh, of the end of his presidency. But apparently a pardons scandal delayed that achievement for another year. I didn't know that. It took him that long. Well, you know, it takes time sometimes. 
Anyway, so unburdened by campaign finance regulations, former presidents traditionally raise money for their libraries the old-fashioned way, by meeting or calling a few dozen very wealthy benefactors asking for large sums, often the order of $5 million to $10 million. But the mm. Bush effort involves that approach. But in other ways, is organized much like a modern political campaign. A national finance committee has been created with 100 co-chairs placed in every state. What 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 is what is what is going to be in this library? Is it like comic it, books? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Some television sets. I have no idea. It sounds like a lot of money could have been used by one of the, a real library to you know. Yeah. Ex- thank you very library. much. Like real books for like kids, perhaps who can go there and and read stuff for free. Yeah. Doesn't that, yeah. Doesn't that just? I mean, what is that? Is it like a uh, kind of like a tax-free retirement fund for Bush, and he uses that money, or maybe he builds uh, the library in I Paraguay? Think, I don't think he's going to need a lot of money. No, it's just a, some sort of a club. It's a scam. I don't know. I have no idea. Mm. I mean, the Bush Library is ridiculous. Yeah, for real. All right. Hundred million. Hundred mm. million in a hundred days, though. In a hundred days. That's a million dollars a day. That's what you call. That's a you know, show. That's what I call a show. Obama has not stopped campaigning for money. He was just in Los Angeles recently. I guess doing another, uh, you know, some thousand dollar plate dinner or whatever it is for his campaign. <laughs> is this guy actually ever going to do any presidential stuff? I still, I keep getting um, email from uh, BarackObama.com. Oh, you have the uh, and you're on the mailing list. Yeah, and they still ask for donations. Yeah. What do they need donations for? He's won the election. <laughs> I don't know. I think it has something to do with um with the Project America or whatever, you know, the the big uh everybody pitch in and um and you know, volunteer for something. Yeah. And volunteer your money while you're at it. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Silvio Berlusconi uh in the news. The uh, Prime Minister of uh, Italy, that you uh, heard about this? No, I'm sure I have, but what? He uh, is facing fresh, embarrassing revelations after a magazine claimed he held a New Year's Eve party for 50 young girls. Uh, but here's the, here's the kicker. He said it was, uh, <laughs> i got to find it. He said it was like a, a political training exercise, and they learned all kinds of very important skills, like debating. <laughs> this guy is great. If I, if I could ever be the prime minister of any country, I would totally model my, my, my premiership on him. Yeah, no, the guy's a winner. Totally. Although he's supposedly going to be under indictment someday. No way. No, he changed the laws. He got elected, and then he changed the laws so that, he, so that any offense, offenses he committed, he can't be indicted for. No, that's a pretty slick thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like, you know, uh, Gerald Ford uh, pardoning Richard Nixon kind of thing. Exactly. Who did, didn't Bush do like almost no pardons when he left? Wasn't that really? Yeah, no, he was like the one of the lowest ever. Why? That's so Just a few people that didn't make any sense and people who probably could have been or should have been pardoned. He just said, ah, screw it. I don't know. The guy's nutty. Uh, Humboldt County, California voters passed measures 
F and J, I guess that was a referendum measures, last November, prohibiting military recruiters from initiating contact with minors. However, the Obama administration is now demanding that law be overturned. Do these people saying, have, would you, would you give me that one again. Okay, let me pull up the, uh, this is from the, uh, San, uh, SF Gate. Uh, Humboldt County, California, uh, passed measures F and J last November. So I guess that's a, in a referendum, I presume? I guess, I don't know. Prohibiting military recruiters from initiating contact with minors, i.e. trying oh, to get yeah, kids yeah, yeah. to, to get, get all hot for the military. Right. And, Come on, uh, kids, you can shoot a gun. Yeah, awesome. Hey, s- screw those video games. Try out the real deal. Uh, but now the Obama administration is demanding the law be overturned. <laughs> June 9th, Oakland, California, a court hearing scheduled. The Obama administration wants to... Overturn They're it. militaristic, these people. Yeah. Hey, kids, you get an armband just for showing up to the rally. So, um, yeah, well, you know, they'd like to turn all the 17-year-olds into uh, fascists. So you were mentioning before we started the show, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. And yeah. I said, have you ever skinned a cat? And you said, no. No, but I've but skinned, I've skinned uh, a squirrel. Squirrel, yeah. And so the big news out of England, coincidentally. Oh, no. Demand growing for squirrel pie. <laughs> what, after dandelion soup, now we have squirrel pie? Yes, a pest controller, this is from the BBC, mm-hmm. a pest controller who has already helped to cull more than 22,000 gray squirrels in the Northeast is moving south to feed the demand for squirrel pie. You are what you eat, by the way. Paul Parker, 45 from Newcastle, part of a conservation group. Apparently, they've almost gotten rid of all the gray squirrels up north. And it seems that all the gourmet restaurants for someone, and I have never picked up on this trend, but I guess squirrel is like a big deal. They're going to top restaurants, butchers, the working man, they are a delicacy, according to this guy. You, know, you haven't heard about this? No, and, and I'm amazed. We've had so much interesting uh, restaurant news recently, you know, cooking in lukewarm water. Um, yeah, yeah. Cooking. Cook, cooking. Now, by the way, somebody, I think we, did we mention somebody died recently. Oh, no, uh, I didn't anyway, hear this. Yeah, there was a death, death in an English restaurant recently, and, I, and I, they can't seem to figure out why. And some woman went in there, whole, the whole party got sick. And this one woman who went in for a birthday, I believe, oh. ended up dead. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, it sounds like sous vide to me. Is that what, is that what it's called? I forgot. Sous vide? Sous vide, S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E, hmm. hyphenated. Um, let me just read you some more quotes from this guy. Two years ago, I was catching up to a 1,000 squirrels a month, and slowly it's just dwindled down to a small handful a day. The RSPP, which I guess is some group that, I don't know what it stands Protect for. Protect squirrels? Some about squirrels. was formed in 2006 by Parker and Mitford, the sixth baron of Reedsdale. It relies on a six or a nine hundred strong army of volunteers, including game wardens, families, farmers, and pensioners, to help stop the spread of the grays. They're actually trying to they're trying to get rid of the squirrel, I guess. Hmm. And they're just eating them. <laughs> That's one way. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't is it funky? I mean, we got the dandelions, we got the warm warm water baggy salmon. We've got a squirrel. Is, is, are we being prepared for, 
you know, <laughs> the stuff we're actually going to be left to eat after the <laughs> entire global economy collapses, which seems well, to be the case. Nigh. We should all move to France because the French, I have a book, it's a great book, and anyone, whoever sees a copy of it, came, I think, at the University of North Carolina Press. It's called Unmentionable Cuisine. Unfortunately, I don't remember the author's name offhand, but anyway, it's a outstanding work. It's called Unmentionable Cuisine, and it's a cookbook for cooking all kinds of weird stuff from insects to squirrels to rats. And, and, to and, and I'm not against it, by the way, because, you know, I think there's a huge stigma against uh, rats or squirrels well, this is what, or By the way, this bugs. is what the thesis, of the, the thesis of the book is that there's a lot of protein out there that goes Absolutely. uneaten. You know, on, on the um, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here show, which airs in Britain, uh, and it's different around the world, but the British one actually puts you know, D-liberties and some, you know, minor C and maybe even B-liberties into the jungle for either two or three weeks, and they have to do all these trials, and one of them is called the Bush Tucker Trial, and it consists of eating a number of horrible things, or seemingly horrible things. So there's the witchetty grub, which is a uh, kind of like a, it's like a really thick caterpillar, and it's alive, and you bite into it, and it just kind of spews out this goo. You remember that gu- yeah. that, chewy, that chewing gum that you when you when you bite down on it, it kind of like squirts out the the minty goo in your mouth. You, you probably know other things that squirt in your mouth, but really, the witchetty grub is alive, and it's supposed to taste nutty. And the whole thing is, these are what uh, you know, either Aboriginals or, or Aborigines, I guess I say, or um, or guys in the outback, they eat this shit all the time because it's extremely uh, healthy for you, lots of protein. But the whole idea in the Western society is that it's disgusting. And you know, honestly, it looks pretty gross, and you're eating a live thing. Um, so there's that. There's uh, uh, worms. There's the uh, – oh, the, st- the best one, of course, is always the kangaroo anus. Um, and then there's, uh, I think uh, there's maybe also kangaroo testicle, which kind of pops when you bite on it. Uh, but these are things that people have eaten throughout centuries. And we, for whatever reason, and I'm not even sure why, we just find it, the whole idea disgusting. And, you know, we'd much rather have a nice, healthy Big Mac. So what was the point of that joke? Well, there wasn't a joke. I'm, I'm trying to start no, a discussion. No, I, I should know something. That's great. Yes, a, 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 a nipple of a woman that's breastfeeding. So um, I've tasted breast milk. Yeah. Have you? So, so come on. Let's go back to when your premise when, when, when your wife had had a kid. Look, tell look, tell wait, me. Wait, tell me that not every single my personal habits. So let's go <laughs> into if it's a habit, there's a real problem. If it was a one-off, it's, it's okay. You can you can yeah. you can mention it, John. It's no, okay. let's go back. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to start smoking the real stuff. <laughs> so uh, let's go back to this. It's disgusting because it is disgusting. Why? Eating bugs and things that squirt in your mouth and and caterpillars and things that are got green what? but goo it's, in it's them but it's okay. It's gross. It's okay to eat a cow's stuff, tongue. I think you can speak from experience, but in fact you you're trying to defend I mean I think it's fine if you're culturally into that, but I think we're we're not we're all not I'm, programmed to eat this garbage. So all I'm okay, so all I'm saying is I find it interesting that I think the cultural differences are interesting. And why is it that w- that one culture finds it totally disgusting and the other is okay with it? And maybe they find well, a Big the Mac disgusting. Thing, how, come you f- how come you find it, uh, you know, 
okay to 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 cuss and swear on the air. Yes, I, but you find it extremely offensive the way I hold a fork when I'm trying to grab something. That no, I really have to hold down. I tight. don't find it offensive. I just find it humorous, and it's even no, more. No. It's even you more. Go, oh my God! The fork, the way you're holding it, this is not right. And you, it's not. By the way, it's not right. Oh, what do I see, do wrong? What do I do and, wrong? Well, you you're the upside down fork eater. You know, people like you know the Europeans <laughs> eat with their left hand with the fork. They never change it like Americans. I do. change. I switch the, all the time. It's always upside down. It's got you read the logo on the back. Excuse of it. me, upside down. I didn't know there was a right side up. It seems to me that the fork pointing into the. <laughs> curved down so when you pick up a piece of food it's going to fall off the fork as opposed to being flipped over so the so the food would actually let, mount let me let me, let me switch gears let me let me switch gears you were in Amsterdam recently and you did a tour of a number of restaurants and i ate somewhere yesterday that you really they really screwed you over in Amsterdam a fantastic eating experience and i want to share it with you cuz i went there with my daughter and uh, Dexter her uh, boyfriend it's called the college and it's this beautiful, it used to be a, a school, obviously a college, and it is now a, um, it's a full-fledged restaurant. And it's, re- it's, it's almost like a, like a Saint-Tropez vibe, you know, beautiful uh, place out back. You can sit outside. It has the black wicker chairs, really comfortable, you know, kind of cool, chill, mellow music floating around. And actually, you know, the place where you'd see lots of beautiful people with um, gold chains and, uh, and big sunglasses. Now, the food is outstanding, but here's the kicker. The service is provided by first year's uh, hotel school students. So they are actually learning on the job. You're paying full price for real, because the chef is not a student. The chef is, you know, is a, is a, is a, a good chef. I, I like the food at least. So the, the, it, it turns into entertainment, John. You would love this because they're like dropping Cokes in people's laps. They're delivering soup without a spoon. I mean, all this stuff. And then at the end, it's like, okay, uh, and you, you want to sign the check with your credit card and they hand you a pencil. I mean, it's this wonderful experience. You must go to this restaurant college in Amsterdam. Okay, I'm there. Next Queen's Day. So uh, the next Queen's Day, we have to rent a barge. Um, yeah, Mickey will take care of that for us. So anyway, let's uh, let me go over something I wanted to mention about. Uh, there's a store, it was a group of stores since you're in Hall, and I'll mention this called Hema. How do you pronounce it? Yes, Hema. 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 H e m a. Hema. It's a kind of a uh, low, like mid to low grade. Uh, what would be comparable uh, in the uh, states? Marks and Spencer it reminds no, me. No, 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 no. It's it is below, way below Marks and Spencer. No. All right. Well, then this is where this is where the, I'm going to tell my story. Okay. So there is when I first it's where, went to it's Europe. Where, it's and, where I buy my underwear. That's what I'm going to talk about. Mm, I'm wearing it right now. Well, it's good. It's where I get my white beaters. So. Uh, in the 1970s, I went to uh, England, and uh, I met this girl who was an Anglophile, and she gave me the lecture about how the, all the English and everybody that knows that the world's greatest underwear is obtainable at Marks & Spencer, or Marks & Sparks, as they like to refer to it colloquially. 
And so that so that and I like and so I started buying. In fact, I still probably have a pair from back then that Marks and Spencer. And I like to get the the kind of the uh, jockey style briefs that don't really oh, have. Oh, they oh. have the elastic okay. is inside. He, he, he won't tell me if he's ever tasted his wife's breast milk. But now you're going to tell me you wear jockey shorts, John. Horrible vision. Well, this is a good example of you know your European sensibilities. It's not okay to talk about underwear, but it's okay to talk about you know personal. No, no. It's uh, not okay to give us a visual of what kind of underwear you well, wear. I'm just, let me just finish the story, and then you can moan about it later. Okay. So anyway, so this this type of underwear, which is the Marks and Spencer stuff, was always the stuff I'd always buy and I collect. And it was all, and they still sell it. And it's like you get three pair for about ten dollars or ten euros. But over the years, the quality has deteriorated. Deteriorated to such a point that if you wash them three times, the elastic that's inside that just falls apart and the, the things don't <laughs> it just disintegrates. Yeah, they're junk. Yeah, compared to what you could get in the seventies. By the way, also in the nineteen seventies, at Marks and Spencer, you could buy T-shirts that were wool. Yeah, I think that's illegal, isn't it? it haven't they changed the laws about that? About T-shirts? Why would being that made be of, illegal? No, there's some, or they have they have special labeling. I don't know. I, I'm I don't I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. Continue. So anyway, so I've you know tried to find some substitute for these um, pant- these un- this underwear, and it turns out that Hema has pretty much the same stuff they were selling in England in the 1970s. It's exactly this. It looks probably made by the same. It's good quality cotton, you, like some Egyptian cotton that's got a nice soft feel, and it, it seems to be a well made uh, product. But what was interesting to me, and so I bought some because I usually. Travel to Europe with because no they, they make you look so hot. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, but the thing that's that was fascinating to me wasn't the fact that somebody else makes this exact kind of underwear. It's three pair were three euros. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like instead of why why am I paying four year euros for the crap that the Marks and Spencer guys make now per. When I could get, they're like a euro. <laughs> it's like yeah. I, was, I still kept looking at the price and saying this must be some sort of an error. Maybe they they package it this way and sell it for some other money. I mean, it just made no sense to me that the stuff was so, it was so cheap. Well, so I bought a whole bunch of stuff at this Hema store because everything there was like dirt cheap. Yes, it's, a, it's an amazing yes, place. Yes, I know. So I have been looking for the perfect underwear for years, and I'm talking uh, underwear and undershirts, and I like wife beaters. And um, and I've tried uh, every brand: Dolce Gabbana, Armani, uh, you name it. And either they, you know, they fall apart, they start to disintegrate, they fade, or they totally lose their lose their softness. But and 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 you know, she's she's very angry at me right now. But uh, I have to give props to my ex mother in law. She uh, started buying me uh, under shirts and underwear from Hema and I love them and you can wash them 50 times and they still feel great and they cost yeah. a dime I, exactly like a euro a euro <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the price that's stunning yeah, yeah. I, I don't know I don't know how that works but but so you are a briefs guy jockey briefs like really tidy whities is that what you wear John I don't wear white. I wear black. Oh, right. Mm, uh, no, the reason you wear black is a long time ago I heard Fred Astaire talk about this. He says you have to wear black underwear because if shaking in the worst case scenario, if your <laughs> pants tear, which can happen, no. especially you don't, no one's ever going to notice. My mom would say if you're in an accident and they have to cut open your pants, you, <laughs> you don't want your soiled underwear showing. Like, mom, I think I'll have different problems if they're cutting my <laughs> pants open when I'm on the ground bleeding. Yeah, well, that's an old thing everybody says. <laughs> That, but 
The point is, the only point I'm trying to make here is not what kind of underwear I'm wearing or anything like that. It's that HEMA, or yeah. HEMA, or whatever you Hema. pronounce it. HEMA. HEMA is a place to buy this stuff because it's cheap and fantastic. The quality is outrageously good. Yeah. And it's like, now that's it. That's where, that's my place. So, that's the, I that's think. the definitive underwear. Since, uh, since I uh, am here, uh, I'll, I'll be gone uh, on Thursday, but uh, I will be coming back with some regularity. Uh, I believe that we can probably consider replacing uh, the $100 donation um, No Agenda flatware with some HEMA underwear. I think that would be a fine premium. Yeah, it would. Let's do it. I mean, that's this underwear is, like I said, but the thing that's interesting is that the, the fact that they price it well, that's, like a bunch that's of That's why I mention it, because, you know, it's much cheaper than the flatware. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we get to keep more. <laughs> So anyway, I wanted to get that out of the way, and uh, so what else we got here? Oh, you have notes. I have a bunch of stories. Go, actually. go. I mean, I got stories too, but I'm I'm I like I'm liking yours. Well, let's go with this one. Okay. This is t- took place in Seattle just the other day, Friday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, a dead-on zombie costume gets man arrested. A man dressed for an evening zombie crawl chose a costume that was a bit too realistic, and it ended up getting him arrested. The question, of course, is why was he arrested? What's, a, zo- what's a zombie black- crawl? What's a zombie crawl? They have a, a, apparently in Seattle, where there's really not a lot of other things to do, people get dressed up as zombies and go <laughs> bar hopping. <laughs> after, they've, wearing, after they've been to your Port Angeles uh, deli, there's nothing left to do. Bl- yeah. Where, you get any more digs? Wearing all black knee pads and a gas mask... And carrying what looked to be a machine gun, he walked into the Metro clothing store Friday evening on Capitol Hill, which was sponsoring the zombie crawl yeah, to promote the Crypticon horror convention at the Seattle Center next weekend. And he but apparently arrested. someone thought a masked gunman was walking into a store and called police. Witnesses say a dozen police car converged on the scene and officers ran into the store, guns drawn. Oh, man. So then they took the guy off and they arrested him. What did they arrest him for? It never says. Well, if he had a gun that looked like a machine gun, that's uh, that's probably an issue. Maybe he should have not had the gun. No. Uh, even the gas mask, I think, is probably an offense in uh, in our fascist state. Might be. Yeah. Uh, Dexter and Christina and uh, Patricia were flying over on uh, Thursday because uh, she had, was going to do the show uh, live on Friday. And... Uh, so they were in the queue, as one does in the United Kingdom, uh, for check-in. And Dexter was responsible, uh, Christina's boyfriend was responsible for the big black bag. And, uh, but he was running, cause the queue was pretty long, so he was running off to get, uh, a soda or something, but he'd come, you know, he'd come back from time to time. Oh, well, he actually, I think he thought Christina would push the bag along, but she didn't. And so the queue moved up, uh, Patricia and Christina moved up, but the bag stayed. And, and they called security. <laughs> People were like, I saw the bag vibrating. <laughs> it's like people freak out at the smallest things now because you know we've been made so afraid of uh, of terrorism. It's about time for a good terrorist attack. You know they got to well, keep they got to keep the meme alive. By the end of the year. You think so? Is that your uh, your? Uh, well, that's uh, no. That's the eight year cycle. Of that's these the terrorist cycle attack. theory exactly. Oh, and this is the eighth, or is the eighth coming up? The, this is the eighth, but it'd be the end of the. It'd be like September two thousand nine. Hmm. 
So investors beware because it'll drop the stock market like a champ. Well, and that fits right in with the uh, with you know the year after, which is another cycle you're tracking. It doesn't, isn't it? Yeah, this turns out that you get caught up in these cycles. There's too many of them. Here's another story. Hit me. Apparently. Brazen New Zealand parrot. Now, this is just a warning for you travelers who are going to go to the South Island of New Zealand, which is where I've been wanting to go for years. Uh, there's a type of parrot that looks like he stole. This parrot likes to attack cars and eat and takes delight in attacking rubber items like windshield wiper blades. Hmm. But this guy apparently had his passport stolen by the parrot. <laughs> who flew off with it into the bushes, and then now the guy's going to have to be stuck in New Zealand for six weeks until he gets a replacement. Six weeks for a replacement passport? A replacement passport from the British High Commission in Wellington could take six weeks and cost up to $250. Wow. That's pretty outrageous. The Kia, the world's only snow line dwelling parrot, are widely known as inquisitive birds. You know, I think that actually uh, qualifies, John. And now, back to real news. Okay, I got a better one then. All right. This is a good one. Hit me. Two murderers escape Arkansas prison in guard uniforms. Now, you, the punchline <laughs> is in here. I'm just going to read it. By the way, these are two convicted murderers that were on the... Well, it, let me read the story. It sounds like a Laurel and Hardy movie. It's getting there. Two convicted murderers put on corrections officer uniforms and walked out of an Arkansas prison during a shift change, officials said Saturday, as they searched for the men. Jeffrey Grinder and Calvin Adams escaped Friday evening from the Cummings unit prison in Grady more than three hours before officials realized they were missing. Both men were serving life sentences without possibility of parole at the prison about 60 miles southeast of Little Rock. The guard uniforms the prison inmates put on are made in the prison. <laughs> That's the punchline. <laughs> oh, my God. And did they catch him? Or are they, are they still at No, large? no, these guys are gone. Oh, no. I mean, if you're like in prison without possibility of parole for life. And all you have to do is make a uniform. <laughs> Making uniforms, you're out of there. <laughs> Following an explosive report that some of the torture photos President Obama is withholding depicting graphic sexual abuse, the Department of Defense and the White House came out to vigorously refute the claims. But here's what's interesting, and I, I didn't have time to pull the sound clip. Uh, Press Secretary Robert Gibbs, that bonehead who speaks on behalf of the White House, he says, quote, I don't want to speak generally about some reports I've seen over the past few years in the British media, and in some ways I'm surprised it filtered down. Let's just say if I wanted to read if I wanted to read a write-up of how Manchester United fared in the Champions League Cup, I might open up a British newspaper. If I was looking for something that bordered on truthful news, I am not entirely sure British papers would be the first stack of clips I picked up. So this guy is he's this bonehead. This is real it's a dumb move. You do not insult the entire British press. Dumb. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing this guy could ever do. All right, let me get back to real news. <clears throat> Since we're talking about squirrels, Jesus. It's just yeah. a little short article from Port Huron, Michigan. A brazen squirrel has been grabbing small American flags placed in a Port Huron <laughs> cemetery and carrying them up to its nest, which now looks like it's <laughs> bedecked in bunting. That's a terrorist squirrel for sure. Just a patriot, that squirrel. 
Have you been? Uh, we haven't looked at uh, the economy very closely in any of the recent ep- recent uh, episodes, John. Uh, you know, and, I, and I've kind of honestly, I kind of lost track. But it seems like we're we're printing more and more money, uh, or 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 hoping for inflation one way or the other. Now I read that the U.S. is giving a hundred billion dollars to the International Monetary Fund. We don't have a hundred billion dollars. Well, we just print it. And you're all for this practice? Uh, until until it shows up as a bad idea, yeah. And you know we're we're still saving or creating millions of jobs, which is not really working. Uh, <laughs> the unemployment keeps rising. Well, it's supposed to keep rising until uh, probably the third fourth quarter. This is the, this is what I don't get. I I keep hearing economists. You know, first it was the green shoots that they were talking about, the green shoots of the recovery, but now uh, uh, Bernanke of the Federal Reserve and uh, some serious uh, economists are saying, oh, it, it's going to recover and we'll be good by the end of uh, 2009 and 2010. It's all going to come back. I mean, I don't understand how it happens. We've gone past. We are we have spent more money than ever in our history. Yeah, um, it's just a business cycle. I don't see how you can be so so calm about it. I mean, it's it's your grandchildren's money that's being spent, dude. It's a business cycle. What do you mean a business cycle? It's got things go up, things go down. No, but the amount of money that is being spent that we are on the hook for. Yeah, we just re, we just reset everything at some point. Well, how There's do you do, how do you reset around. it? Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, you reset it all of a sudden. You know what you yeah, what you reset you it by de- by devaluing the dollar. Yeah. Well, but that's bull. That's like hey, what, oh, you we're, have to do we're what you do- have to do. What would you suggest? Well, I think we're a little bit beyond the point of no return. At the, you know, now now there's no, I wouldn't have spent all that money in the first place. I'd let the the car companies go broke. They're going to go broke anyway. I would have let I would have not you know handed out three trillion dollars to bankers. You know, no, I the bankers I, thing was a bad idea. Yeah, well, yeah, to the tune of three trillion dollars. They never passed it along. No. And no one's talking about that even anymore. We were so snowed under by news of more money being spent that we're not even talking about that the banks are absolutely not passing that on to anybody, ever. There's a really good, uh, there was a good presentation by Robert Reich, the uh, petite male economist (laughs) that used to be in the Clinton administration. What does that mean, the petite male I saw a petite male the other day. My wife always harps about these guys. Petite males, like yeah, like like male. uh, Sarkozy. Is Sarkozy a petite male? Well, he's tiny. He's short. Well, you're not only just short, but you're short and you're you're proportioned like petite, like a petite woman. You know, they're just small. And uh, there's petite males. They're small. I saw one the other day. And he's just a small guy, you know. He was like he looked Tiny. normal, except for the fact that he was five foot two, okay. and you know, well, he was. He's vertically challenged. So what? He was small, yeah. but he was petite. He's not just short. There's a lot of short guys that are aren't petite. Do you think everything on the guy is petite? I wouldn't know, and I wouldn't care to be honest about it. But probably. But then again, you never know because a lot of these petite males are very popular with women for some unknown reason. So I have to wonder. So uh, we had a petite male. It must, that I it think must be their it. HEMA underwear. In high school, we had this guy who was a petite male. Now that I think about it, uh, and he had always had the, he had more girls 
this guy. I don't know. Maybe there. Maybe oh. it's some sort of a uh, novelty. Uh, you know, there's there's a thing. <laughs> it's like a thing to do on the checklist before you die. You have to. No, screw there's up a, a thing that male. women do. I can. I'm totally. I mean, there's no doubt about oh, it. Wait, it's oh, called oh, a novelty. Oh, wait, now you're gonna. Okay, here comes the expert on women. Okay, John, hit me now. You tell me I'm going to be wrong. Tell me after the fact. Okay. There's a thing called a novelty fuck. A, and a novelty? These are the, John, you said the F word. I'm so proud of you. Well, it's the only way that you can describe it. And it's like, you know, it's like there's, and you have women that just collect these. I mean, a lot of people have always felt that all these girls that were going after. It's a checklist, exactly. Uh-huh. We're Bill, going after Bill Gates up at the Redmond. It, was, it wasn't because he's the sexiest guy in the world, but he's a novelty fuck. You know, God. I got the screw the world's richest, richest man. guy, and, yeah. Do, do, do you yeah. think Bill Gates actually cheats on Melinda, Belinda? What's her name? I have no idea. And uh, anyway, so that I think petite, maybe there's something to, you know, the petite male is obviously falls into that category. Wow. I had never thought about that. I, I don't think guys have that type of checklist. Because we, we don't have, we have little choice in the matter. <laughs> exactly. We just like, hey, you'll actually screw me. Yay. So um, here's wow. a uh, here's a story. OK. This one is right up your alley. We must. We have to have a jingle for it. Here it comes. Okay. Now you must. I can't believe you haven't heard this one. Mm, I've been preoccupied. Russian scientist. <laughs> Love it already. Says <laughs> UFO crashed into meteorite to save Earth. Doctor okay. Yuri Labvin, president yeah. of. The- well, they've been, they've been protecting us for ages. Absolutely. <sighs> Dr. Yuri Labvin, president of the Tungusta Spatial Phenomenon Foundation. Mm, uh, that sounds like a Clinton Library project. that an alien project. spacecraft sacrificed itself to prevent a gigantic meteor from slamming into the planet above Siberia on June 30th, 1908. And there was something that happened on June 30th, 1908. We, we know that. We don't know what it was. The result was that the Tungusta event, a massive blast estimated at 15 megatons that downed 80 million trees over nearly 100 square miles. Eyewitnesses reported a bright light and a huge shockwave, but the area was so sparsely populated, no one was killed hmm. Most sci- would, that they know of. Most scientists think the blast was caused by a meteorite exploding several miles above the surface, but Labvin thinks the quartz slabs with strange markings found at the site are remnants of an alien control panel which fell to the ground after the UFO slammed into the giant rock. Well, you know, uh, uh, in the UFO community, and I've been known to dabble in that from time to time, there, you know, there is certainly in the past five years, there is a general consensus, and that's only since I've been following it, but there's a general consensus that um, until we are enlightened, until we have uh, all uh, gone through our transformation and become loving, uh, understanding human beings and no longer kill each other for stupid shit, um, that the uh, that aliens are indeed protecting the earth and thus protecting civilization by doing stuff like this. I mean that that is certainly uh, discussed in uh, UFO uh, communities. So uh, I'm not going to rule it out. I'd like to see the All control right. panel. That would be kind of cool. Where is this thing? Yeah, well, that's the question. Where is yeah, this thing? Right. Where is this thing? I it, guess he's got it in his trunk. Let me uh, get back to uh, some important news. Um, you know, my uh, theory, which uh, you seem to be buying into more and more, that uh, the, the, the so, one, probably the sole reason, if not one of the few, that we are uh, 
currently in Afghanistan, which of course is not where the Taliban are because they're in Pakistan and everyone agrees on that. And uh, Osama bin Laden, is, if he's alive, he is not in Afghanistan. And of course, Afghanistan is a place you can't win a war. The Russians tried it for 10 years and it's just unwinnable. You'll wind up killing all of your soldiers and international forces refuse to actually participate with the United States. And my theory is that this is because the United States is pretty much running all the drugs out of Afghanistan. Um, it is pretty well documented that before the invasion of Afghanistan, the Taliban itself had reduced the, the, uh, uh, the production of poppy down to a very minimal amount, and that that uh, production has gone up uh, by one, at least 100% since uh, we've been screwing around there. A report from The Guardian, the communist newspaper, <clears throat> I'll quote, United Nations officials in Afghanistan are attempting to create a, quote, flood of drugs in the country. So now, so now that everyone knows that, that all these drugs are just like being built and we're protecting the, we literally, our camps are surrounding the poppy fields to make sure that they don't get screwed with. Now, now here's the cover-up. So United Nations officials, these fine people who brought you global warming, in Afghanistan, are attempting to create a flood of drugs in the country intended to destroy the value of the value of opium and force poppy farmers to switch to legal crops such as wheat. I have I, I'm just so blown away by how brazen this lie is. <laughs> Manual eradication is incompetent and inefficient. So what the hell are we doing there then? This is according to the UNODC chief Antonio Maria Costa. <laughs> Of course, an Italian name, uh, during a visit to the western Afghan province of Herat. So we want to see more efforts to stop the flow of drugs across Afghanistan's borders. Well, all you got to do is stop the military planes from flying it out, dude. And uh, they, they want it, so it's the flood of drugs. They've got a meme. The flood of drugs. If we just have lots of drugs, the price will drop and it won't be worth it. And then people will go make wheat which is so incredibly valuable in the, in the marketplace. Wheat. We're going to make wheat more valuable than opium. Please. Your response. So the, yeah, it seems unlikely. So why don't they take the argument to its logical extreme and say, why don't we just legalize it? Thank you. That's a good one. I hadn't even thought of that. Uh, efforts have been further undermined by a recent decree by President Hamid Karzai, whose brother, of course, is a, is a huge drug dealer, to close down small cross-border markets, which had been a source of economic activity in an otherwise barren wilderness. What are we doing there? What Can someone please send, in, send me an email and tell me what exactly are we doing in Afghanistan? I would really like to know. I do We're pay taxes. Bin Laden. <laughs> Who is not even on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. And we've yeah, got 150,000 150, young men and women there in harm's way to get this douche, please. So another story about squirrels. <laughs> You're killing me, baby. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> You're killing me. Is that a fractal? <laughs> Bin Laden squirrel? A 21-year-old Howell man What's was that? uninjured oh, Thursday Howell. when his pickup truck rolled on its side after he swerved to avoid a squirrel and hit a pole. Now, why would anybody swerve? 
What's a, it's swerve? A, oh, there's a rat in the road. Let me swerve. It's an automatic reaction. Uh, you know, no, you, no, not for squirrels. Yeah, but you, 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 you may not the know The automatic what it is. reaction I have is the gun. <laughs> yeah, but you wear HEMA underwear. Black. Briefs. Black. Absolutely. Ugh. So, okay. Your turn. No, what do you mean? It's your turn. You have to top the squirrel stories. I mean, I'm, just, I'm loaded up here. Okay. Um... Actually, I did have something. Uh, uh, let me see if I can find it. Fill up the gap while I look for it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me it's another squirrel story. Trapped squirrel leads no. to charges of animal cruelty. John, John is this is episode one hundred. This is like this is like uh, it's a squirrely episode. Uh, oh. The owner of West Long Beach Pest Control Company has been charged. This is a this is a beautiful story. This is from uh, centraljersey.com. The owner of a West Long Beach pest control company has been charged with four counts of animal cruelty after a squirrel was found dead in a rooftop trap. Oh, no. What the heck is wrong with these people? Victor Buddy Amato, chief of the Monmouth County Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, charged Kathleen Buck, owner of the Critter Ritter... <laughs> After receiving a complaint about the dead animal at a professional complex at 25 Village Court. Uh, the Critter Ritter. <laughs> What's going on with the e-cigarette? I, I see there's stories all over the place about this thing. Have you fought, is there anything going on about the e-cigarette? No, is I it, don't know anything about it. Tell me. Well, I, I, know, I, know, I, I know what the e-cigarette is. <laughs> I know what it is because I have one. Have you seen these things? They were invented no, in Holland. But- Oh, this is the thing that lights up? Yeah, you... It's got you, like a blue bulb on the end of it, and then smoke comes out of it? Yeah, it's pretty cool, because you, you put a, a, a little... It's a piece of plastic, looks like a cigarette, it has a little battery in it, and uh, you, put a, uh, you put a filter into it, but the filter actually contains nicotine and some other substance, which I'm sure you'll know from your former chemistry background, and then when you, you take a drag on this cigarette, the front lights up like a, like a tip... And it actually creates a, a misty type of steam that you can inhale, which is like 99% nicotine and the and then some steam, some chemical that kind of st- makes it steamy. I don't know. So it's not actual smoke. And you're supposed to get all the high, but none of the death. And uh, yeah, okay. I, I see a whole bunch of... Uh, I, there's some, there must be something going on. I mean, maybe the, the tobacco industry is trying to squash it or something. But apparently it's much healthier, and of course you can smoke it anywhere you want because it doesn't Sounds actually... Sounds healthy. Doesn't, doesn't, well, you could wear a nicotine patch. I don't think it's any more or less healthy. Yeah, especially the chemical cloud. I think there's a guy... <laughs> no, it's, nice like, it's like um, mist. How do you... Well, you know, so it's like water vapor is what it is. Hmm. Oh, here it is. Smoke e-cigs. Hold on. I found a... Uh, what is this? Wolfram Alpha launch. No, that's not right. Wow. That looks cool. What? I'm looking at the control room of Wolf Wolfram Alpha, the uh, search engine. Yeah, you should look at this instead. Oh, hold on. Give me a second. Is it porn? It's better than porn. Russian passenger films strange UFO. Cool. Passengers on a Russian airliner headed from Moscow to Perm. 
filmed an incredible and rather strange-looking UFO. Just last night, Russian media published a story that workers in the city of Sarapul early morning witnessed the UFO, which they believe was the Russian rocket Soyuz. Huh? However, after reviewing the footage <clears throat> from the facility, analysts and experts believe it is the same UFO which was filmed later in the day by airline passengers. Well, what was the picture? The picture's on there. No, it's not. It's yeah, it's that thing. You click on it. It's a movie. Which thing? On that, on that story. No, I, I, I'm looking at, I'm reading the story, but I don't see any, there's no picture. No. I don't know why. I got one. So here it is. Uh, one of our uh, producers sent this in. The electronic cigarette or e-cigarette is an alternative to smoke tobacco products, blah, blah, blah. You get an inhaled dose of nicotine by delivering a vaporized propylene glycol nicotine solution. Oh, that's healthy. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's just one, uh, you know, just very a variation of uh, of antifreeze, you know, of one of the most toxic substances <laughs> really? in the world. Really? Is that what it is? You're kidding me. Well, uh, antifreeze is ethylene glycol. All I know is that that um, because when you drag on the cigarette, only like the first ten, because you know it'll last you, you know, you buy it in a pack, these filters, and you have to change them out. And the first ten drags on it, it really gets a nice bowl of smoke in your mouth. Um, but then after that, it kind of diminishes. And I know a lot of people who have who have really started tripping out on the nicotine because they're just like, oh, I'm yeah, trying it could to be the ethylene glycol. Let me just read you from potential health effects of ethylene glycol. Okay, may cause gastrointestinal irritation with nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Low hazard for industrial handling. Blah blah blah. May cause changes in surface EEG and yeah, can well, cause. John, I mean, these are the warnings that are on tampons. I mean, please. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. If you don't, you know, if you want to just. You know, you want you think this chemical is better than the real tobacco, which is a natural product. Yeah, no, I I don't. I like smoking real tobacco, which is why I roll my own because I don't want uh, the formaldehyde, which are put into cigarettes. Right, they put all kinds of terrible things in formaldehyde, there. licorice. Um, what else do they put in? And why do they put that? Why do they put formaldehyde in? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. You know, I all I know is about tobacco is that. When I was a kid, <laughs> it didn't go. stink as much as it does today. Yeah, they smell. Ho- I cannot smoke a, a regular cigarette. I hate it. It's it doesn't taste good. It doesn't. It's not satisfying. It uh, makes me ill. But when I roll up a nice, you know, Virginia tobacco or some Dutch, because uh, Dutch, of course, uh, been making tobacco for centuries. You know, that's real tobacco, it, and it tastes good. And I and I truly believe it will kill me less fast. And you get exercise <laughs> because I'm rolling. <laughs> yeah, all that you get a good finger exercise. <laughs> okay, here we Time go. Time has come once again to help support No Agenda, my friends. Help Adam and John keep the show going on. So drop a coin in the bucket today. Hey, <laughs> at dvorak.org/na. You could even be knighted, what you say. And receive HEMA underwear for $100 or more. Monogram. We need to find somebody who can embroider the underwear for us so they have, says, so, so the underwear will say no agenda, you know, <laughs> On knight. the crotch, on the crotch, no agenda. Or somewhere. Yeah, it'll be cool. No agenda right on the crotch. Hey, baby, look at my underwear. I got no agenda, honey. So we got some uh, $50 contributors I uh, want to mention. Okay, hold on. 
Oops. There we go. And that's another one for the Armory. Hit me. <laughs> John Kilborn, Joshua Brickner, Kyle Miller, Elaine Hinge, and we actually have a, a female, female listener. listener. Oh, you know what? I can't wait till, till we send her uh, the No Agenda HEMA underwear. God, maybe well, she's take not a, a night yet. Calvin Perry, who sent us an odd number of $64.21. I think we talked about this guy and his number before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bren, uh, which is the, he's the guy who sent in the stuff that means nothing. Oh, right. Bren Brucilla. Yeah, yeah. John Matthews. Um, Chris Engler. Mm-hmm. Also, Father Frank out of Chicago. And Father Frank brought up this thing. I think Chris Engler, too. Uh, they want to uh, donate uh, a, an accumulated amount to get to the $1,000 knighthood. Oh. So, so I'm going to set something pooling? up on the webpage. They're pooling mm-hmm. together? No, no, not the two of them together. But maybe that's an interesting idea. Uh, on Dvorak.org slash NA, I'm going to set up something for people who want to do a you know, uh, layaway. Mm. Essentially, layaway knighthood. <laughs> John, John with the lure of the underwear. <laughs> By the way, you know the thing is, you'd have to go to Holland to get this underwear. There's only a couple Hema no, no. stores outside. No, no, okay. I, I, exactly. I have infrastructure. We can get people Hema underwear, no problem at all. It's fantastic. The embroidery, honey. Do you have a, a place who can embroider no agenda on Hema underwear? Yeah, it's all taken care of. John what? Matthews, <laughs> Ray Manguel, like this is a tough name to pronounce it, M-A-N-G-U-A-L, so I'm thinking it's Manguel, and Brian Navarro. Now, we also have some odd numbers that came in, uh, $9.02. 902. We, no, we've, we've had a 902 before. Yeah, I, well, and I remember, I remember saying that's the uh, M- McDonnell Douglas helicopter, the MD-902, which was not what it was, but... I've forgotten what the real number stands for. Wasn't it a a law or a bill or something? Uh, I don't know. Maybe these, I, this is my list of uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. What's next? Somebody just sent me a link to the HEMA microfiber embroidered bra. Ooh. Which is being bid on eBay right now for 99 cents. Uh, 1701, 1414, 707. What's 707? 707. Is uh, LOL upside down? Oh, right, right, right. So 1414 to 707 twice. Yeah, there you go. 2495, well, well price point. Uh, exactly. That's a, that's a sale. <laughs> the sale, ding. <laughs> uh, and 1964, which my, is... My birthday. Blah, blah, blah? Sorry. Um, that's my birth gear. Oh, Okay. So we're so we weren't baffled or stumped this time. I think we did pretty good. Yeah. Let's end it up. Time has come once again to help support No Agenda, my friends. Help Adam and John keep the show going on. So drop a coin in the bucket today. Hey, hey, hey at Dvorak.org/na. If you're looking for great you voice work, be knighted, what you say? great voice work for your podcast, uh, anything if you just want to have uh, a great little song to send to your lover or someone for their birthday, go to thejeffsmith.com, G-E-O-F-F. Good to have his voice back. He couldn't sing for a couple of weeks there. He, uh, he had some uh, problems, so we're happy to have that. Jeff, thank you very much. All right. 
So anyway, yeah, or noagendalibrary.com. I, we appreciate your help. Uh, you are, this is a, a public supported. We're not doing advertising. Uh, We're not and, even uh, doing actual show prep or anything, so it kind of fits along with that. We got plenty of show prep. I know. I'm just messing with you. In then, fact, uh, I'm going to read one more story. One more story. Hit me. Police beat May 28, 2009. This is a blotter story. Caller advised of an injured squirrel no. in the 500 block of 7th Street, the victim of a dog attack. Police police picked up the squirrel. <laughs> no. no. I'm telling you, this is what I'm reading. This is like squirrel week. Can I just ask you, did this just all happen like you have like a Google alert? On no, I'm telling you, this is just a coincidence. May 28th, this when this or this took place on May. This yeah, but how on do the you police. how do you get these stories? My wife actually uh. started running into squirrel stories the other day, and after we ran into the the fact that they were eating them in England, yeah, and apparently just she noticed there's just a million squirrel, oh, squirrel stories, stories all at once. Ah, uh. well, Mimi, thank you very much for doing John's homework. We really appreciate it. Well, at least somebody's doing homework. Let's see what we got here. Morse, you want to hear another squirrel story? Such a you want low to blow. Take no, it, I'm, take I'm it. really take sick and tired of your squirrel stories. And I think well, people are going to start. There's only five more. <laughs> no. Give me the headlines. I don't need, I don't, I mean, I'll choose one. Five headlines for, about squirrels, I'll choose one. I'll save them. No, no, please don't. Get it out of your system now. It takes too long. Go so, ahead. I'm, someone, I'm, I'm someone just, I'm not going to do any more squirrel someone stories. Someone just suggested we should introduce the No Agenda Mutual Fund. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't we just rip people off? <laughs> Mutual fund. Actually, you know, we could get Andrew Horowitz probably to, yeah, could to probably be put the that manager together. of such yeah. a fund. Yeah. Do we get to keep like two, uh, 10% fees? How does that work? Yeah, well, it depends on the fund. I mean, you can do it different ways. Mm. Well, but, you know, the, we, Andrew and I are actually promoting the idea of exchange-traded funds nowadays as, as opposed to mutual funds, which are out of vogue. The so-called ETF. Well, I'm going to end the show. I thought we're not. Are you sure? Well, we're almost at. We're all, time's almost there, man. We got like f- four minutes. But I don't. I can't do the desperate Russians turn to spoiled food story. Please, please, rocket, no problem. Go. Apparently, uh, cheese spoiled with mold. The sausages are ominously gray. Slime is beginning to overtake the chicken. This is like apparently what's going on in Russia right now, which I guess we're not paying much attention to, is that they're uh, eating garbage. <laughs> so give me the details on the story uh, that's about it it just goes on and on about some people all these people elderly shoppers eating bad spoiled tainted food well so this is no this, punchline no the, this is the meme this is exactly what I said it's the squirrels it's all the it's it's the garbage oops someone's calling me that's because uh, we're being prepared insects Inse- and that's what they're doing on the TV shows making people eat bugs yeah we're being prepared because we're not going to actually have any kind of uh Healthy food, nothing will be available when the entire global economy collapses, and I will be licking my gold bar. I mean, that's basically what it's going to come down to, or at least half of a gold bar. That's another story altogether. If you need a good gold saw, we'll get one off of eBay. Does that exist? Is it? Do you, 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 just how, making it up. Oh, okay. Um, John, do we have a website yet? Yeah, actually, uh, it's not... <laughs> quite finished, but it's getting there. It's uh, go to noagenda.squarespace.com. Really? And you take a look at it. Oh, I, how come you didn't email me about this? No, I forgot to. Okay, no agenda. Dot, what, 
I'm, no, can't you go to noagendashow.com? I thought it was noagenda.squarespace.com. Well, I think noagendashow points to it. Oh, no, it's a parked at GoDaddy, of course. Noagenda.squarespace.com. Let's take a look. Okay. Ooh! Okay, is that it? It's just the rudiments. I mean, it's got. we got it started. <laughs> John, John, it's a page that just has our names on it. <laughs> well, I'm saying. God. Hey, good job, John. Thanks for working on that. Okay? You're Fantastic. welcome. Anytime. I- I'm so happy you're in charge of that. I'll take care of the HEMA underwear with no agenda embroidered on it. That will actually happen. That is a premium I can stand behind and I think we can actually complete. Well, let's hope so. You do that website, all right? I'm on it. Coming to you from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where we are going to be making Soylent Green to show that we're green-oriented, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda.